RPG Academy presents... Fifth edition actual play. Starring Michael as Arami Mott, Scott as Dane Seaborn, and Matthew as Cassandra Ziegengeist. Featuring Caleb, your game master. This actual play is supported by BattleBards.com. Okay, we are picking up at the entrance to the cave. So, Dane, do do you think that if we would have went the other path the first time, we would have found Tilly then? Uh, I I really don't want to think about the time-space continuum as anything other than linear, so my guess is no. I'm just, like, uh, jaw-dropped that we're back at this cave, almost as if it showed up out of nowhere, kind of like these objects that keep appearing and reappearing. It's like, what? How? Well, Army doesn't know many things, but she does know her place in this role, in this party, which means I'm going to heft my Warhammer. I'm going to spin it in my hand until Kovar is forward. And then I'll walk in front of the cave, because I know you guys aren't going until I go first. Yes. Bag of hit points knows its job. We taught her well. All right. Army strides forward. Warhammer in hand. Okay. So the entrance to the cave is exactly as it was last time. As you walk in, there is a path to the left and to the right. You know the path to the left all too well. Where do you want to go? My instinct is to go to the right, but I do think that maybe we should look to see if there's any tracks, Dane. I smell for Tilly's perfume. I know it really, really well. I bought it for her. You know what? Scott, that sounds like a perception check. That's a 17 perception check. Okay, so with a 17 perception, you look around the cave. You can actually see your tracks from the first time all of this happened, the first time you guys were there. And you see a new set of tracks going off to the right. Do I smell Tilly's perfume? Yes. Okay. So, so we advance carefully into the, uh, the, the, the forbidding darkness of the, the cave less traveled. Uh, Dane clutches his uh, shielded lantern toward him and uh, advances with, with uh, more caution than is standard for Dane. All right. So you guys are walking down a pretty short tunnel here in the cave. The room immediately opens up in front of you, and I'm going to call for a constitution saving throw. 
For everyone or just me? Because I am in front. For everyone. Okay. I got 10. I got 16. I got 17. Whoa. Uh, What you guys are reacting to as you walk forward is the sudden shock and dizzy feeling as the room you walk into is completely flipped on its side. Cassander and Arami, you guys are able to right yourselves well enough, quickly enough. Dane, though, you've got that really nauseous, out-of-balance, kind of dizzy feeling. The room you are in, it's as if you are walking on the wall. The floor of this room, visually, is to your left. I'm sorry, to your right. The floor of this room, visually, is to your right, forming the wall that according to your orientation, gravitationally, goes up and down. But it's really the floor. Does this wall have any windows? I don't want to fall out. Yes, it does. This is a stone room. It appears to be a room that may have been in a fortress at one point. There are small, narrow windows that are now on the floor, but were once on the wall. And as you look in, you see that... The wall, now the floor, is lined with shelves and holders of all types of weapons. Now, one thing I want to clarify, because I think we discussed this when we were in the cave the first time. Is this cave as if something that existed normally has fallen over? Or is it if it's made up of pieces and parts of disparate things? And that's why this doesn't fit our perception. At this point in time, you're not sure. However, if we apply some logic to this, you are in a cave, solid rock is all around you, and here is a giant square chunk of a building that is on its side, apparently jammed into the cave. I mean, through the window we see more cave, right? Yes, you do. Okay. And the last time we were here, we tried to establish a make- uh, off this stone, but apparently our stone cunning was not cunning enough to do so, that I recall. But uh, now that there are weapons, that should be much, much easier. Are they elven weapons, dwarven weapons, goblin weapons, aqua weapons, a bunch of tridents? Okay. I think investigation would be fine. A- any sort of knowledge check that would apply to history. Yeah. Stone I'm going to take a history check. Tell, tell me what you're rolling and uh, roll away. I am making a history check. I'm going for perception, because my intelligence is bad. And I still didn't do great. I got 11. 22. Whoa! The professor! I did something. The professor knows all. This die might actually be pretty good, apparently. Okay. So, what does the professor learn? With Cassander's 22 knowledge check, he actually realizes that this is apparently an ancient human fortress. Wow. Interesting. Everything is very old, mm-hmm. quite possibly dating back to the time of the Great War. Wow. Definitely human make, though. The style of the weapons, as Cassander looks around, he actually sees armor, shields, the whole shebang. This is this is an arsenal. This is a, a part of an arsenal from a, a human fortress 
that is sitting here on your dwarven cave. Okay. One, how much do we know about humans now? Like, are they, like, totally rare in a weird part of the world, haven't seen them in 50 years type thing? Or do humans come in and out of the the Warhammer Bay and they're just, like, whatever? Yeah, that's not abnormal. They're just... They okay. live on different items. Now, do any of these weapons look particularly Excalibur-esque? No sword is sticking into a piece of the rock, if that's what you're asking. No, no. what I meant was, do any of them look particularly fancy? They all look old, but a lot of the weapons look pretty serviceable still. They're not rusted and broken, but they're not newly forged either. They're not glistening. Yeah, exactly. None power. of them scream like... This has a lot of hieroglyphs on it and seems to have a glimmer of red when you look at it in the right light. Nope, nothing like that. This one says, well, fuck you guys when we walk past and don't take it. Yeah, exactly. As the three of you are standing around looking, you feel a slight rumble in the ground, like a, a very minor earthquake. And I need all of you to make a dexterity saving throw. Scott Dane will make that with disadvantage due to his wooziness and dizziness. Wow. With this advantage, I only got 18. With a regular roll, I got a 19. I got a 5. <laughs> all right, so this rumble shakes the room a little bit. You all, none of you fall over. You all just kind of have to steady yourselves. And uh, Arami, however, as she's steadying herself, you get knocked in the head by... A, oh god, a stone from above, because that's what yes, always happens case, to me. It's not a stone, uh, but it is one of the weapons racks from the ceiling, which used to be the wall if this room was upright, being dislodged and falling on you. You will take seven points of damage. Ouch. Cassandra will walk over to Army, heft the rack off of her, and say, Huh, nice rack, as the weapons clatter to the floor. Army will blush, not fully understanding what's going on, and then accept your hand up. Yep. Look, you guys, th- this isn't time for, for subtle intrigues and, and romantic interludes. Tilly is in danger. And with that comment, Dane notices that there is another hallway leading off to his left where he is standing. So the hallway was built in the ceiling? No, this is actually a hallway that used to be one of the windows of this room and there it was knocked wider a little bit and there is a cavern you, you can see the stone of the cave in a tunnel leading out that way all right so uh, at dane's urging i will step forward once again kind of wiping the the cut across my brow for when those weapons fell on me and i will move forward into this new opening so this path leads down ahead of you uh about 15, 20 feet, Uh, there's nothing in your way, nothing uh, to stop you from moving forward. As you get to the end of this path, you notice that it stops very abruptly, and there is a chasm in front of you, yawning into the depths below, and if you squint a little bit, you can see that the path continues ahead, uh, probably a good 20 feet away. Hermie will spit into her hands. And go to grab Dane's shoulder and belt. (laughs) Dane, as this is happening, you notice at the end of the path in front of you, there are two wooden posts that most likely a rope bridge used to hang from. 
Hmm. All right. Well, I uh, get the rope out of my pack and tie one end of it off on that post and nod to Army. Make a perception check for me, Scott. <laughs> I got a one. <laughs> Nods Perfect. enthusiastically right. to Army. <laughs> Here gives, we me go. The, gives me the Lando. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, while he's nodding like a fool <laughs> at Army, I'd like to approach the cliff and make a perception check of my own. Go right ahead, Matthew. That just means you're going to get hit by a Dane when I throw him. What do my elven eyes reveal? Yeah, it's too bad we don't have anybody in this party that could turn into like a bird and then fly across. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, some sort of... If if only we had a, a character who was good at fighting unarmored and a character who could transform into animals, this party would be great. Yeah, we would solve every problem instantly. That's a strong five I rolled. All right, firm, hard five. Okay, even with being distracted by the shenanigans of uh, Dane and Arami. I like to think that we're having a conversation just off camera of like, well, <laughs> should we tie a slipknot? Or do you think we should do a sheep shake? Like, we're just having this very in-depth conversation about how we're going to fix the rope to him just in case. Although it's two parts of the conversation. You're having a conversation about the rope, and I'm having a conversation about, like, so, so do we take a running start? Do I start running, <laughs> and then you pick me up? Is that how that works? I'd like to imagine that this is like The Hobbit, where I'm Gandalf hanging out with a bunch of dwarves, and I'm just like, ugh. Except that Gandalf was competent at his job. No, he was not. <laughs> oh! No, he was not. Do not lie to yourself and everyone who listens to the show. Hey, Cassandra and Gandalf are very similar. Neither one can turn into animals, as far as we know. <laughs> Nailed it. And I have a friend that's a bird. <laughs> there you go. I'm Gandalf without a beard. Okay, so Cassander, even though he is distracted by the shenanigans of Dane and Arami, can see that the posts here at the edge of the chasm still have a rope tied to them. And there is, in fact, still parts of a rope bridge dangling down into the chasm below. And as he looks across, he can see that uh, there's also some rope on the other side from another set of posts. And it is very easy to figure out that at one point this bridge existed, and at one point it was cut from the other side. Uh, Army, uh, Dane, before we go doing this this great bit that you guys are working on there's a bridge like right like right here like see where i'm pointing like right like going down this chasm we could just like fix it what do you think how, how do you fix a bridge that was cut from the other side right i'm working you ready on ready to toss me i'm working on three <laughs> I, i'm i'm working that out like right now in my in my brain, like I'm working it out. That would take some sort of spell that was capable of fixing broken objects. Right. I'm not a magician. <laughs> I don't think such a spell exists. But I now, on three. I have that spell. Does that work? <laughs> well, you have to put the things together before you cast it. So oh. no, it doesn't work. Oh, I figure I could grab the rope and it would find it would find its other end. Uh, I uh. I bet it just specifies a range, and I bet both ends of the bridge are within that range. What spell are we talking about here, gentlemen? Mending. I bet nowhere in mend does it specify that the two things you're mending together have to be within, you know, five foot of each other. According to the words written in the book, 
mending would fix it, but you have to touch the thing that's broken. So I could touch the half rope bridge. It would, it, in theory, it would fix itself, yeah? I uh, will take my Juris Doctorate for <laughs> rules lawyering now. <laughs> uh, yeah, Scott's the best and the worst. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to allow it. I'm, I'm going to allow awesome. it because it specifically says it's touch, which you can touch the thing. Yep. It doesn't say you have to touch the, the part of it that's broken. And the break is technically less than a foot in, dim- in dimension because it was just a knife cut. And a knife cut's a thin slit. Right. Oh, it just happens to have fallen. Oh, he- here we go. Here we go. He- here's, here's the loophole. The spell repairs a single break. And this rope bridge, there are side one and side two, both of which were cut. Right. So you have to cast it twice. twice. God damn it. Can we have both? But I can... We can... <laughs> I mean, I could take a twenty on both of them. <laughs> I, I think I think cinematically at this point that the right call is definitely it fixes the bridge, but not before we get to dwarf chucking. <laughs> I might be able to catch it on my way down. Yeah. So if I fail, you can actually catch the now mended br- half bridge, mm-hmm. or catch it as it's mending. <laughs> yeah, I'm like explaining this to them, and he's uh, an army is literally chucking him at that exact moment. So if he fails, he has a he has multiple chances to grab a now fixing itself rope bridge. Well, just to to, uh, to continue the Three Stooge-esque nature of what we're doing, you're in the pro- process of going to cast your spell, and I'm just going to sort of pick you up in casting and just move you over because you're in my way. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so that you're not in my line of sight, and then I'll go back over to Yeah, today. which is funny because I'm standing at like a, a, a perfect angle right in front of the bridge, like in concentration, holding that side of the rope, mending it, and you just, like, move me so I'm at an awkward angle, which makes me open my eyes and see you kind of run by with Dane (laughs) as you huck him across, and my eyes just go wide as the bridge, like, and ties itself back together. (laughs) Perfect. That's what we're doing. Caleb's so disappointed. All right, so the the spell will work. Uh, I think it's a stretch of the logic of the spell, but it will. Uh, It does say there's a one-minute casting time, but it does not specify that the effect ever ends. So you would cast it, it would fix half of the bridge, you would cast it again, it would fix the other half of the bridge. Exactly. So so, so we have time for a couple of tosses and dwarf retrievals (laughs) before the bridge fixes itself. (laughs) Dwarf retrievals. All right, because you're tying yourself off, I remember, okay? All right. Yeah. As you get you bludgeoning, as you get bludgeoning damage. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't have tied it to my crotch. Oh, oh I used to. I be, told you we should have went with the sheep shank. I used to be better at tying oh, a Swiss blueberries. <laughs> uh, okay. So I, Dane, I can mend this bridge, and I like crack my fingers, and I go. Uso maso minamanimo, and I grab the rope, and like green tendrils of energy start like going with the twine of the rope, and and this is the point when Army uh, decides that I'm in her way. <laughs> she uh, cheats my body out of her way, and then as she does that, I open my eyes to see. 
her picking up a slightly blue dwarf and tossing him across a chasm. <laughs> All right. So, so in, in response to uh, the professor's long monologue, I'll say, there's no time for that. That'll take too long. Tilly's in danger. Toss. Toss. I'm going to use a token so I have advantage. On a strength check, that would be an 16. What if it's athletics? Would be a 16. Okay, so Army is picking up Dane and trying to hammer throw him across a chasm that, at this point, you have it checked. It might not have a bottom. You don't know. He's tied off for safety. Where Where is he tied off to? He's tied off to the post on this side. Okay. They were sturdy enough once to hold the bridge, presumably the weight of people okay, on yeah, the bridge. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So, Arami picks up a, a humanoid figure who is probably only slightly less heavier than she is, because dwarves are super dense, as we have defined. You throw him out into the darkness, and he makes it about halfway. I uh, have a swim speed. Does that help? No. <laughs> so you you make it out about 10 feet. You don't reach the end of the rope, but you immediately start to fall. And now you're falling the length of the rope, which was about how far did you? 60 foot rope, standard length. Is it only a 50-foot chasm? Because I'm really going to regret this well, bungee we, jumping decision we, in a second. We had to tie off both sides. So, you know, there's a you're tied in a knot that's tied to the post. Five feet on either side. Yeah, it's easily yeah. 10 feet shorter now. All right, so probably 50-foot rope. So you are going to fall into the chasm about 50 feet and then jerk to a stop as the rope catches you. Oh, yeah. Ovaries. Take seven points of damage. Cassander, this was not a good idea. Dane was too heavy. Come here. All right. As Dane is now dangling into the cavern on the end of a rope that is tied to a post, Cassander is finishing his spell, and the rope bridge is halfway fixed. Dane will um, swallow a little bit of his uh, swashbuckly pride and just uh, shimmy carefully up the rope <laughs> with his legs clasped tightly together for more than one reason. I would actually comment that if the rope bridge was on our side and it was laying down almost like a ladder and you were down there you were actually right next to it so you usually could like hold on to it as it goes floating up to fix and then you would just be there i'm i'm not gonna press the generosity of the dm as to the weight limit of mending <laughs> good idea all right so dane can climb very gingerly back to the edge of the path and uh, as he gets to the top, he sees that Cassander is using his magic to repair the bridge. Half of it is already done. Hey, good, good works, Cassander. Oh, yeah, nice, nice job. That's, that's, that's a fine bridge. Thanks. Thanks, blueberries. <laughs> At least the knot held. Sorry, Dane. It's, uh, you know, I, I like A plus for effort. We'll get him next time. And after another minute, Cassander's magic fixes the other half of the bridge with that same tenderly green energy kind of traveling down the rope and pulling it back together. And now the bridge is fixed and you guys are free to walk across. 
All right, onward and upward, gentlemen. All right, so army will rush across the bridge. I will go across second. As you rush across the bridge and uh, walk off onto the other side, you again have that sense of something is shifting and changing a little bit, but you don't have that dizzy feeling you did in the other room. So the the walkway you're on is made of stone. This is like the top of a fortress. Uh, It's about 15 feet wide. The walls on either side are about waist height, and there's those big crenellations on top of them. It opens up in front of you into a large circular area. So imagine the top corner of of the most classic cliche castle you can, where they end in little circular towers. A turret, that's the word I was trying to think of. And another walkway, like the one you're standing on now, goes off to the right. But to your left, uh, one of the circular walls of this turret is actually smashed and broken out away from you guys. Okay, I would... Honestly, I probably would ignore that. And, or I look at Dane. Dane, do, do you smell which way to go? Do you know? Let me see. I uh, have... have uh very cunning ability to identify that scent and reproduce it on other women. But don't tell Tilly that. Wow. After a second, uh, you are pretty sure that the scent and the tracks go off to the right. This way, companions. Aha! Army takes off rushing, running. Okay, so you walk down this chunk of a tower... And it ends abruptly in a very fancy hallway. And this hallway is apparently tipped on its side. Because in front of you is what would be the floor of a hallway. There is a a very nice, very plush, decorated rug. And as you look, you can see that the hallway used to be lined with suits of armor and they are now all fallen down because it's tipped 90 degrees to its side are any of them army size nice question (laughs) so since i'm running i'm going to do that thing where you like run up the wall and so for a second i'm going to be walking on the carpet like it's normal and then just sort of take the corner like that okay so yeah you you walk into this hallway uh, you're trying to adjust your orientation. It, it very quickly turns, and you kind of run into the wall because it stops abruptly. Uh, the hallway is now running perpendicular to the direction you were going before. It goes off to the left and the right, uh, but it does stop quite abruptly in a rough stone wall to your right, but it extends over to the left. All right, well, when I come back down from my little wall-walking routine, I will... Look to Dane, and then start edging my way to the left. Yeah, yeah. I, I scream up at Army. Just keep running. I'll, I'll yell at you if you make a wrong turn. Go! Lives are at stake. More than one. So the path in front of you, you are essentially walking on the wall of this hallway. Uh, it is covered with fallen and crumpled suits of armor so you can't really run you have to stop and step over each one as you go Uh, however nothing other than that impedes your forward movement after 
a few seconds, you get to the end of the hallway. As you step out of the hallway, you walk into a long room that seems to be part of a fortress that would have been in the woods. There is a dirt floor. The walls around you are made of big, giant logs that have been cut down and formed into a a fortress wall. So a very rustic uh, fort built out in the woods is where you are walking right now. Uh, You see that uh, the room extends to your left and your right. Uh, It's much shorter to your left. It goes off a little bit further to your right. And every 15 or 20 feet, there is a ladder that goes up, and there's actually a platform up above your heads by about 30 feet. I'll look back to Dane. Mm -hmm. I uh, make the nose test. What does it tell me? Uh, Luckily, it is really easy to see here with the dirt floor that you are on that there are very clearly the tracks you are following going off to your right, deeper into this weird outside fortress room that you're now in. To your right, army. Continue. All right. I turn to the right. Don't stop for any reason. Only stop for one reason, and that's Tilly. <laughs> stop for a couple of reasons. <laughs> you're, you're, please do your best upon your own recognizance to stop only when necessary or prudent. All right. As you guys are rushing forward, you suddenly hear the whip of arrows flying down at you. Uh, what are your ACs? 12. 13. That's not a prudent reason to stop. Keep going. 16. If you want to hit me, I, I we could argue that my shield might not be equipped, so maybe it's not giving me the bonus. All right, so uh, Arami and Dane, you are each struck with an arrow coming down at you. You take four points of damage. Uh, Cassandra, you manage to uh, dodge backwards your elven reflexes catch and uh, the arrows are peppering down from this wooden ledge up above you. Out of the corner of our eye, as we run forward, can we get a glimpse of what's up there? Looking only out of the corner of your eye as you run, you only see a a few strange humanoid slithering figures. Blech. Okay. Not important. Keep going. I'm running. All right. As you continue to move forward, the arrows will continue to fall. Now, these guys are on a platform above us, so we would only be able to engage uh, long range, right? Or engage at range? Unless you wanted to try to run up there. Oh, oh there is a way to run up yeah, there. Yeah, okay, there's just... ladders every 15 or 20 feet. Are these arrows or bolts? They're arrows. Oh. Are they... I guess there's not a mechanical. D- d- does the as as a trained professional, uh, does the sound sound more like short bows or long bows? Well, you're you're running pretty fast and you're pretty distracted, okay. worried about Tilly, Can't tell. so you're not sure. D- yeah. So uh, in, in that case, s- since we're in combat, uh, how many feet uh, of movement will we be exposed? Two rounds of this, or yes, perfect. I would know that they were the longbows from last time, right? I mean, you know that a longbow was used last time, 
Right. But okay. unless you stop to try to figure it out, right. you're not okay. just going to know automatically. Yeah. Not so much, and I don't know if it really matters other than the D, uh, the dice amount of damage. <laughs> All right. So you guys are just continuing to run forward for the first round here? Correct. Okay, so uh, you will all take another attack, and you will suffer eight points of damage. Yay! Why did it go up the second time? Because the monsters rolled better. All right, and for uh, the next round, are you going to continue to run or take cover? Yeah, I will run because since we're only exposed for two rounds, if I continue to run, I'm no longer in danger. Run. Also, I'm dashing every round, so... All right, so uh, Dane would actually get out of immediate danger faster. Uh, what are... My, I assume everybody's dashing. Can we all dash? Rogues can dash as a bonus action, but anybody can dash as their action. Oh, gotcha. Then I would dash as well. Okay, so you guys can uh, scamper out of the way here. More arrows... Uh, sail down from up above you, but you're able to outrun them, and uh, they just hit the wood and the dirt ground around you. Before we leave that room, can I make a like a like a snapfire perception check on the ground? After we after I got hit, I, I feel like I would have like ah, and then I would have started like been like whoa. If I got hit, what about if anyone else came through here, just like looking for a spattering of blood or something? Sure, go for it. Cool. Is that a we're thinking perception or sounds right to me? Yeah, no, I am I am so focused on running. That is a four. Woo! Maybe someone else got. You know what? I'm just gonna run. Yep, running is is what you're doing. Running, running, running. So you're running down this part of a a, a wooded forest, wooden fortress, and suddenly it ends in what seems to be a very elegant, refined, fancy throne room. Is it right side up? It is right side up. Is there anything shining? Yeah. This is a a (gasps) really nice, elegant throne room. There's actually a, um, a couple columns immediately in front of you, and you see that they lead off to your right, forming a path up to a dais where a throne is. I'm quickly scanning for loot, specifically of the pregnant fiancé kind. No, you do not see her or anyone else. Do we see anything easily carryable? Uh, You see two flights of stairs uh, to, to the sides. Those could carry you upstairs pretty easy. The flights... The flights of stairs both go down. The dais where you would think a throne would be is empty. However, as you're looking at this area, you see that the corner of the room is gone. And instead, it opens up into what seems to be a another room the corners of which were just kind of smashed together and obliterated. And that looks like a, a a kitchen. Like a contemporary modern kitchen or a fantasy world kitchen? Like a fantasy world kitchen that would be in a tavern. 
Army wants to run up the stairs to where the throne would be to just get a bandage point to see if I can see anything from the height. Dane wants to run down the stairs that go downward because he assumes that's where Tilly is. She prefers going downstairs to up. It's easier on her ankles because she's pregnant. Okay, so uh, Michael, Army stands on this dais. She's just looking at the room with the, the weird gone corner that is kind of smashed into this kitchen. Uh, she can see that there appears to be another room beyond the kitchen. Scott, there are two flights of steps, both going down, one on the left side of the room, one on the right. Which one do you want to go down? Uh, but, uh, I assume they're equivalent and mirrored. Yep. I go to the one on the left because Tilly's left-handed. All right. Uh, the stairs immediately start spiraling down. Like normal stairs would or like they they turn into a slide like scooby-doo and i no this is just a spiral staircase going down okay uh, i would like to look for anything that might have any historical uh, significance uh that sounds like a check of some sort sure knowledge history or maybe just uh investigation as you're trying to look around the room you you hear the the voice of dane calling from the stairs professor we'll have time for a history lesson on the way back will we will we no, because those are really, really boring. <laughs> Twelve. Okay, so this appears to be a a throne room, but from a really, really long time ago. Nice. Maybe even older than the war. Okay. It was probably human. You, you don't see any of the trappings that would indicate dwarvish work. Mm-hmm. Plus, the, the sensibility of the room and the decorations is more human fancy than dwarf fancy. Okay. As you are standing there looking around, Dane is running down the stairs. You hear him running away from you. Mm -hmm. Arami is standing on the dais in front of you. Mm -hmm. And you notice that there is movement from the direction you came from that uh, weird wooded fortress. You see movement entering the room. Uh, okay. Uh, quantifying question. Is there a, like, tapestry of some kind that might have some sort of decoration? Or or is this just bare walls with just maybe sculptures and, and stuff? There's tapestries on the wall. <sighs> Could I tear a tapestry and then uh, run after Dane? And say, Army, we gotta go. Dane went downstairs. Like, kind of put it on, like, put it on like a shawl. And just take it with me? Sure, that sounds like you need a strength check to rip it off the wall. Yay! Fifteen! Okay, yeah. You you yank on one of the tapestries. It rips somewhere in the middle. Ugh. Just kind of shreds as you're running and, and trying to move with it. Mm -hmm. uh, you yell back to Army. You can clearly see now that the movement coming towards you are some of these... Uh, half-humanoid, half-tentacled figures. They're all carrying swords and bows, and they are moving towards you. We're going to call them Calamari-mons. Uh, army, let's go! I'm, I'm, in my head, I'm upset with myself that I couldn't have taken that extra beat to just rip it in the right way, but at the same time, I know that us staying together and getting back on the trail is that much more important. All right, Michael, what is Army doing? There are, like, stairs that lead up to this throne. On the other three sides of the dais, is it 
stairs like a ziggurat, or is it just like stone? The stairs that lead up to the dais, it's kind of a half circle set against the wall. So there's only three or four stairs. It's not like you... Oh, okay. Yeah, stairs. I misunderstood that. Okay, well then I'm just going to take off after Dane. All right, so the two of you run down the flight of stairs that Dane did. Uh, you hear the angry reaction of the creatures as you run away from them, uh, but you guys are sprinting down these stairs. They do not seem to be following you. Dane, you are running for maybe five minutes. Uh, you finally get to the bottom of the stairs, and there is a small door in front of you. Uh, well, I guess between knocking politely and kicking it down awesomely, I go for kicking it down. And I, I try to plan it so that I can flourish my rapier and uh, say, have at thee when the door breaks down. Uh, especially so that if I fail to break it down in the first kick, I just also stab my rapier into the door and hurt myself. Well, luckily, the door is pretty flimsy on its hinges. You kick it down without any trouble. Have at thee! You burst forward. You're in a library. There are shelves on either side of the room. You see a couple comfortable leather armchairs in the middle of the room. You look around... And you notice that the bookshelves end abruptly, and there are giant piles of books on the floor to the left and the right. And you realize that a giant hole has been punched through the bookshelves in either direction. Punched specifically? Not cut or sawn or obliterated? It does not seem like a clean cut. It seems like something was shoved through it through both sides of this large room. And as you look, you actually see a, a giant groove cut into the floor of the library. Some sort of tunneling sandworms that collect rooms. Okay, this just got creepier. What do they need with my wife? Fiance. Whatever. I'm following my nose. Is, do I still smell Tilly perfume? Give me a perception check. I got bad. <laughs> Eight. All right, you cannot smell her perfume. You do not see any tracks. Uh, you're looking around the library at this point. You're walking around. You're, you're at the area where this giant groove and this hole in either wall is. You look to the left. You look to the right. And you see the hull of a boat. What you are looking at is apparently a large boat being shoved through a library. The middle part was cut out, but to the left and the right, on the opposite ends, the outside of these giant holes, you see the hold of a boat. Okay. And it is at about this time that Aramie and Cassandra catch up with you. The only thing that Dane processed out of that was that he could not smell her perfume. He must have taken the wrong stairs. So just as uh, Aramie and Cassandra catch up, uh, Dane turns on his toes and runs the other way. I'll turn and look at Cassander, shake my head, and then turn and chase after him. Uh, Cassander, you see Dane brush past you and try to run back up the stairs. Uh -huh. Arami is a seeming to turn and run back up the stairs you just ran down. You see this giant library, and you see a set of doors across the room from you. 
Well, I kind of like spin on my heel as well, but l- less quickly than the two dwarves. And I, I kind of have wonderment in my eyes as I'm spinning. And as I turn tail and start running after them, I scream to Dane, Dane, I can help you smell. What am I smelling for? You're smelling to Ode to Joy of Steel and Alloy. Okay. Well, I would like to transform into a dire wolf now. All right. Uh, so you are still in the library when you wild shape? Yes. Okay. So you are now a dire wolf? Yep. In a library. Yep. That has a boat going through it. Yep. And I would like to make a perception smell for this perfume, which I probably have some inkling of what it smells like. Absolutely. Go for it. Okay. Wow. Thank you, perception. I rolled 15 on both of them. So that's a 19 total. You do not smell anything in the library. Okay, well then I'm going to keep, I'm going to pad after my dwarven friends and keep smelling for the same thing. I guess when we get up to the landing, I'll make another check. Unless we get attacked in the face by those things we left behind one encounter ago. Which I'm thinking may happen. So Dane and Arami, you guys exit the spiral staircase, bursting back into this throne room. Immediately in front of you are five of these tentacled monsters. Roll initiative. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast, the flagship program of the RPG Academy network. If you enjoy what we do here, then please check out the RPGacademy.com and visit our site partners for additional entertainment and gaming advice. We do this out of love for the hobby and for you, our fans. The podcast and site content will always be free for you to enjoy and utilize. But we do have expenses related to the show. If you'd like to help out in any way, please visit patreon.com slash Academy and check out the rewards we are providing for your monthly pledges. We use all funds that come in to improve the show and give you better content and quality. And if you don't have the coin to spend, don't worry. You can still help us out in many ways. You can subscribe to our show on iTunes and or Stitcher Radio. You can leave us a five-star review. Also, if you clear your cookies and you visit Amazon or the DriveThruRPG site through our portal, we get a small percentage of what you pay, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Just like any RPG, our site works best with open lines of communication. We love talking with our listeners about everything. Please contact us with any questions, concerns, and comments that you have. We also love to hear feedback and experiences from your own games. You can email us via podcast at therpgacademy.com and reach us on social media, such as Facebook and Google Plus at The RPG Academy. But Twitter is usually the fastest way to reach us. You can find my favorite co-host, The Caleb G, at The Caleb G. And you can find my favorite co-host, Michael, at The RPG Academy. Thanks for listening. And as always, if you're having fun, you're doing it right.